up everybody welcome back to the championship leadership podcast this is your host nate bailey and i'm excited today as always for today's guest uh, out of las vegas nevada has a has a amazing story that we, we really got into to um, some of the experiences he had on the on the doors knocking doors and making sales at a young age having some success and and how that really led into the success that he continues to have today our guest is travis chappelle He's got a a very popular and top rated podcast called Build Your Network. He's also uh, in in the space of podcasting, building out some software for podcast hosts to help them to fill uh, with guests and to find incredible people to book and and have to come onto the show. So um, I'm excited to find out more about that coming out soon, but just had an incredible conversation with him. More information on Travis, you can go to his website, travischappell.com. And that's C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. Let me uh, verify that real quick as I'm, I'm going off the cuff right now, but I believe there's two L's in that. If not, it's going to be uh, in the show notes for you. Uh, but it is, yes, Travis Chappell, C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L.com. So uh, with that, no further ado, let's go. Let's get into this. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back, Championship Leadership Podcast, and we have Travis Chapel here from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, thanks, Travis, for joining us today. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Happy to be on. Awesome. First question I always like to ask to kick us off is the name of the podcast is Championship Leadership. So, what comes to mind, or what what does that mean to you when you hear Championship Leadership? Um, to me, I think leadership is. in order to do it the right way, in order to be a champion leader, the first thing that comes to mind is leading from the front. Um, And I find that to be uh, the difference between a a boss and a leader is that the leader is kind of in the trenches with you and pushing everybody forward and leading from the front rather than just sitting in the back and shouting orders at everybody. Um, So I I truly believe that if you're going to be a leader, then it's got to start there. You can't just tell people what to do. You have to show people what to do. You have to be the one at the forefront of the things that you're telling people to do. And I think that in some cases it can work the other way, 
but it's never going to help people thrive if you're just the boss that's telling people what to do and not ever doing any of the things that you tell other people to do. So um, I think leading from the front is a, has a lot to do with champion, championship type leadership. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Kind of be that example for, for the others that are following you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and kind of the path that you've been on in life to, that has gotten you to what it is that you are up to today in the path that you're on right now? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in a pretty strictly religious home, um, and that kind of led me into this uh, ministerial career path at first. Uh, so I, when I graduated high school, I went to college. The unique thing about it was that it was all in the same campus. So I graduated kindergarten, eighth grade, high school, and college all in the same like 20 acre campus. Really? Oh, and, wow. Which is also where I went to church and, you know, played all my sports and did activities like it was all there. Um, and so I ended up going to the college on the campus. By the time I was done, by the time I graduated, I kind of just realized that I didn't want to go down that career path anymore. And uh, so just kind of started to reinvent myself. The only thing I knew that I was good at at the time was door to door sales because that's what I had done in college. And was making pretty good money for a 19 year old. Like I was making double the amount of money in college that I knew the job that I was going to get out of college was going to make me, Oh, really? you know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, so that was just kind of what I fell back on. Cause I was like, well, I know I don't want to go down that path, but I just graduated with an unaccredited degree that double majored in Bible and church ministries. So it's already useless in terms of real career type jobs, um, to have a ministerial degree in general, but the fact that it was unaccredited made it even even more useless than a regular yeah. degree in, in ministerial studies might. Uh, so, and, and I didn't, you know, have any other skills besides selling. So that's just what I did because it was kind of default. I, I didn't know what else to do at that point. So I just kind of dove into door-to-door sales, did uh, really well. Uh, the first year that I was full-time with it, um, I was like 22, 23 and pulled six figures for the first time working like 15 to 20 hours a week or so because we were a year-round operation. We weren't uh, summer sales door-to-door okay. where... You know, so summer guys will knock from like May to September, but they go yeah. out like 10 hours a day type of a thing. Yeah. We were year round. And so uh, we would just go out during the times when people are most likely to be home. Uh, so I'd go out from, you know, four o'clock to eight o'clock in the summer or from, you know, one o'clock to five o'clock in the winter, just different hours and things like that. But it was three to four hours a day for four to six days a week ish, maybe just depending on production and all that kind of stuff. So it was a hundred percent commission and uh, it was really just a good year for me to get away from the bubble that I had grown up in and kind of start figuring out life for myself. And, um, I was able to do that in a, in a cool way just because I could do whatever I wanted in the morning time before I needed to go knock on some doors. And, uh, then I started hanging out with a, a bunch of people from that office and getting to know other people, getting to know people really outside of that religious community that I grew up in, which was yeah. a unique experience because the majority of the relationships that I had were all kept within that bubble. And I kind of, kind of was a reinvention of, of myself at that point because a lot of people I knew strongly disagreed with what I was doing with my life at that point, even though it was totally a neutral thing to be doing. It's just the way that I grew up. I had a lot of people that just wanted me to go down this other path and uh, the ministerial path that I had you know, started down um, and with going to college and stuff like that. But um, at the end of the day, I just knew that it wasn't going to be for me. And, um, and at the end of the day, I knew that I was the only person that had to wake up every single day, look in the mirror and have it be me looking back at me. Like no, nobody else lives my life except for me. And so I needed to start framing that in a way where I knew I'd be setting myself up for, you know, the max amount of happiness or fulfillment or joy that I could get out of life. 
Um, and so that, that was the, the path that I ended up going down. But basically after I was, after I had reached a certain level of success in door to door with hitting six figures, it was kind of a counterintuitive thing that happened after that. You'd think that it would be like the thing where, you know, it's like, Oh, I just made six figures in 22, 23. Yeah. I think at the time, uh, by the time the year was over, you know, like I'll just do this again. That seemed like it was pretty fun. You know, we got to hang out, party on the weekends, got to travel a little bit. Um, you know, made some good money. I just, I could do whatever I want in the morning times. But I just knew that I wanted more than that. And I quickly saw the ceiling approaching. I don't know if you could say that I was at the ceiling because I'm sure if I worked there for a year or two more, I could have worked more hours and increased my production by a certain percentage and gotten better at it, had more referral clients, maybe even got to the point where I could increase it by 50 or 75%. But that was still a scary ceiling for me because I knew if I was there for a lot longer, that I could only increase my income by that small amount. And that was scary. So yeah. I basically just took some time off because I had no idea what to do at that point, man. Like I didn't, you know, I, I knew that I wasn't going to go to the ministry direction. And then I, I knew I wasn't going to keep doing door to door. But, you know, that was my degree was ministry. And then that was all my experience was door to door. So like, what do you do now? Like what's next? You know what I mean? So right. just kind of like back in that 15 year old mindset uh, of like, you know, the world is at my fingertips. I can do whatever I want. And I looked up, you know, I looked up uh, fire department uh, applications. I looked up, um, you know, FBI applications. I looked up so many different career paths at the time because I was just literally feeling like a 15-year-old and like, what should I do with my life? If only I was 23 and I had a yeah. mortgage and a wife <laughs> to provide for. <laughs> and uh, so it was a little bit different because I couldn't just like sleep on my mom's couch and wait until that, you know, showed itself to me. I had to figure it out sooner rather than later. And that was really what forced me to jump into personal development for the first time. Um, so I started, you know, listening to audiobooks, reading books, listening to podcasts and stuff like that, just trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. And um, after listening to enough podcasts, I just kind of was like, this seems like it'd be a really cool way to continue along that discovery path, just in a much more intentional and purposeful way. And if I do it well enough, it could end up, it could end up actually being the path um, that, that, I, that I go down for a while. So that's kind of what led me into this online world. And that was a few years ago. Awesome, man. What's, uh, so what were you selling door to door? Started in solar. Um, back in the day, I was selling solar door to door, um, did alarms for a okay. while, uh, door to door alarms and then door to door water machines. So everything. like, yeah, those are the three main ones that yeah. are a couple gotcha. little in there, like direct TV or whatever. But in terms of selling and doing well with and sticking with it for a little bit of time, it was solar alarms and water. Okay. And I know a lot of people that uh, went through the the door to door route at some point in their life, and uh, I think it's a it's a great education, right? And they they just come out with some incredible skill sets, and a lot of them are successful at all, all the other things that they touch uh, because yeah. of that. Wouldn't, wouldn't trade the experience. That's like I wouldn't do it again, but I wouldn't trade. The experience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Like, uh, Which is also what I think like everyone bad. says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it again. But I wouldn't trade it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, well, let's talk a little bit, like, who are some of the championship leaders uh, in your life? I know you talked about going down the, the personal development routes and path, um, yeah. discovery. Who are some of the people that have impacted you? And more so even, like, what are some of the characteristics that really stand out to you uh, in, those per, in those people? Yeah, so I guess there'd be two answers to this question, because I think that there are a lot of people who have never met me that have impacted me in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and then there are a lot of people who have directly impacted me through, you know, mentorship and things like that. So also, can I just say like that, that that's one reason why it's really cool to be alive in 2020 is that we can go get mentored by 
people who aren't even alive anymore. I can go get mentorship yeah, from right. Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar by searching in Apple Music or Spotify for like an old tape that they had back in the day or something. I can get real mentorship from legends like them, right? Or yeah. I can tune into this podcast or I can tune into a million other podcasts or a million other YouTube channels and get information and get mentorship from people uh, who are in fantastic leadership positions and who have mastered their skill set or whatever it is that they do. So um, such a cool time to be alive. But I would say in terms of like people who've really affected my day-to-day life, what I do now, um, John Lee Dumas has to be up on the top of that list somewhere. He's the one that kind of like, uh, he, his podcast was the one that kind of made me realize I wanted to start my own podcast. And then, um, and then he's just been a, a good friend and mentor along the way. Um, Jordan Harbinger would be another one, a uh, guy that's really, really well known in the podcasting space. His mm-hmm. show gets six plus million downloads a month. Um, and uh, he's been a great, a great friend and mentor to me during the process as I'm trying to figure things out and figure out what my next steps are and uh, things like that. And, um, you know, th- uh, there's so many other people that I, that I could give a shout out to that, that have affected the way that I live my life and the way that I make decisions but uh, I would say in terms of qualities that they all share is uh, they're, they tend to be givers. They yeah. tend to be willing to give as long as you are somebody that's willing to learn. That's always a really important caveat because I find that people who are always struggling to find mentors are usually people who are also struggling to ever take action on anything that a mentor has told Perfect. them to do. Um, and that's probably why you're struggling to find more mentors in your life, uh, because people yeah. don't like to feel like, especially busy people and successful people, they don't want to feel like they're wasting their time. It's not that they're jerks and they don't care about other people. It's like a lot of people have a desire. Most of the people that I know that are successful have a desire to help other people learn how to be successful because they remembered what it was like to not be successful and they, they want people to do well. But if you're one of those people that just sucks energy out of people and gets all the advice in the world, and then you just go home and do nothing with it then you're not really giving them much incentive to continue to spending time with you and uh, continue uh, giving of their expertise to you. So um, I would say they are giving as long as you are willing to receive um, and yeah. take action and implement what they're, what they're actually telling you to do. Um, uh, other qualities would be um, the one that I already mentioned. They're leading from the front of the pack. They're not yep. just telling me to do things. Uh, to see if it works. They're telling me to do things based on things that they've done that have worked. Um, which I think is a, is another huge part of that equation, especially if you're looking for leaders to follow in a certain area, because that's an area that you want to be successful in. Um, it amazes me how many people follow the leadership or take the advice of somebody who have who has never done the thing that they're trying to do, and that's the only person they listen to. And I'm not saying you should yeah, ignore right. people or whatever. All I'm right. saying is like if that person's never done what you want to do, then they don't have the insights on how to do it the right way all they know are the things that are the wrong way to do it because yeah. that's the common knowledge. That's what 95% of other people that try to do that thing did because, and then failed with it. And so they're just going on anecdotal evidence from a few friends who tried it and failed miserably. So they just kind of discount an entire industry instead of going to like the people who've done really well and have been successful with it and asking them for what, you know, their advice would be or, or from what their point of view would be or perspective would be uh, to, to share with you. So that that's definitely a big thing for me is I'm always looking for people to take advice from that are actually doing the things that I want to be doing or have achieved something that I want to achieve or have something that I want to have or have a, 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 a part of their life is 
similar to the way that I want that part of my life to be, right? Like they drive the car that I want to drive or they live in the house that I want to live in or none of those things. It could just be like they have a high net worth and they're frugal and smart with their money, right? Like it could just be like whatever it is, whatever I'm trying yeah. to do, I'm looking for people that are, have already do, have, have done and continue to do those things so that I can, you know, glean as much as I can from them. Uh, but yeah, those are a couple of things that, a couple of qualities that, that uh, I've noticed with excellent leaders in my life. Yeah, I appreciate that. And yeah, it makes, makes total sense what you're saying as well. So um, what's, what's your vision? I think championship leaders have incredible vision, right? They, they can see things that others can't see or, or maybe, you know, to the, to the next step of they see, see things and they're also willing to take action on it. And that's what keeps them really kind of ahead of the game. Think about Bill Belichick or Nick Saban in football. I mean, they're continually making it, rising it to the top, winning championships year after year, competing against the best in the world because of that vision and that courage they have to continue to shift and, and evolve. So what is it for you? What's that vision and impact that you want to make here, maybe even just in the near future, maybe five, five years out, right? Somewhere along those lines. Yeah, sure. So one of the things that I mentioned at the beginning of this uh, show is the, you know, podcasting has been an amazing discovery tool for me. And through all the people I've interviewed, I've been able to get a lot of insights in different industries into different products and services and business models and things like that. And um, one of the advantages to that is being able to get, you know, a behind the scenes access look at those at various industries that you've considered going into. And so through that, I decided to jump into the software space, and um, that's something that I think will be uh, something that will impact a lot of people, especially in the next you know three to five years. Uh, so we're launching it um, anytime now, and based on when this is going to go out, I'm not sure, but um, we're we're launching October 2020. We'll be launching the software, and um, and it's it'll basically be a guest and creator marketplace where hosts such as yourself can go on there and book high level guests by base, essentially just paying them to be on their show. Um, so you're cutting out the middleman and the decision maker, decision-making process and all that stuff. And you're going straight to the source and just paying for the appearance on the show. So I think it'll be a really helpful and useful tool for a lot of independent creators, as well as for a lot of uh, really high-level people out there because they can get paid to be a guest on shows and get paid actually for their knowledge and expertise um, to, to be on those shows. So um, that's something that I'm really looking forward to. If you want more information about that, or if you want to get early access, if we haven't launched yet, by the time this goes out, then go to guestio.com, guestio.com. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds incredible. Um, and this will probably be out within the next few weeks, I would say. So, um, cool. Yeah. Perfect yeah, timing. Can't, can't wait to find out more about that. And I don't know if we heard the, the door creaking, but uh, with everything we got going on, my son's here with us today. He starts cool tomorrow, and uh, nice. so so we got some interruptions, but that's that's life. So that is um, life, and that, that's, <laughs> the of, that's the beauty of working virtually, though. You know, it, yeah, that's the beauty of uh, spending time with your family too, podcasting and everything else. So, um, but yeah, no, that sounds that sounds amazing. I can't wait to uh, to check that out, and let's let's shift gears here a little bit as far as. I always love to ask this question. What's a, what's a critical moment for you? You know, that fork in the road moment where had you made a different decision, your world would be considerably different. It's powerful for others, especially listeners that might be in those moments right now to, to hear others and how they've navigated those times and made those decisions to get where you are today. Is there a moment that kind of comes to mind that you could share with the listeners as I ask that question? Yeah, definitely. I would say probably the decision to start my podcast. 
Yeah. Um, cause it was, it's been such a life changing thing for me. Like it, I mean, it's what I do full time essentially now, like a full time podcaster, which basically allows me time freedom, location freedom, financial freedom, all of the above, and uh, has literally changed the way that I live my life, the way that I yeah. uh, uh, look at things in life. Like my perspective has changed, um, and it's created an awesome income stream for me, and led to this new software business that I'll be uh, that I'll be attempting to <laughs> push out there. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't, I don't even know what my life would look. I honestly, like I'm saying this complete honesty, I really yeah. have no idea what my life would look like at this point because I was trying to get out of door to door sales and stuff like that. But if I didn't do this path, I probably would have ended up doing some sort of selling or something yep. somewhere because that was my skill set and that's what I was good at. So I'd probably just be like some sort of a regional manager or something for some sales organization, um, out here, yeah. they, you know what I mean? Which like, as like, I never down other people for doing what they want to do. Uh, right. But I'm so happy that I made the decision that I did and took the risk and spent the money uh, for something that was not secure. Because I think that if yeah. you can, if you can, if you can prove to yourself and to your family and your friends and to society as a whole that you can take care of yourself, um, then I think that confidence will allow you to tackle other ventures in a much more efficient way. Meaning, like. If in the future, you know, let's say five years down the road, Guestio, my software company completely fails, my podcast stops getting listens, and I'm back to square one. Like, whatever I do from that point forward, like, I will have an immense amount of clarity around what it is that I'm going to do, be doing because of the experience that I have now from doing all these podcast episodes and all those things. So, like it, it, it's, it's super, super hard to say where I would be right now if it weren't for all of those things. And then if, you know, if it, if I lost everything and I went and got another job, like that would be, I would be able to get a job that would, that would, I would have not been able to get if I didn't go this path. Right. But yeah, my absolutely. confidence in getting a job, my, what my whole point was my confidence in getting a job increases exponentially because like I can go for what I want because I have the confidence that if it doesn't work out, I can still find a way to provide for me and for my family. And so yeah. I think that's the ultimate sense of security. Um, and I think people look for the quick fix sense of security sometimes, which is a job. Um, yeah. but, uh, but if you're not, if you're not really good at what you do, like if you're not constantly making yourself a better version of yourself and getting acquiring skill sets that are hard to come by, things like that, um, then, you know, especially now in today's world, I just don't see any path being secure or safe. Like it might've been for our parents or our parents' parents when there was a corporation that employed everybody in the town and they were employed there for 50 years and then they retired and got their pension and their social security. Like, I just don't see that as being a path, especially for millennials or for um, Gen Z either. So um, I think that we're going to have to take a much more proactive approach to making sure that we have that sense of security in what we do, which comes from being able to provide for yourself out of nowhere uh, through the sharpening of really important skill sets that a lot of people may not possess. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing that. When you go back to that, you know, that was shortly after the doors, right? Yes. Yeah. When I started the show, yeah, it was actually during, I was still, I was still knocking for water during the, when I started my podcast, okay. the podcast wasn't making any money. So I, I was still knocking doors for the first year, almost okay. uh, a little bit over a year for the first almost like 13, 14 months of my podcast. I was still knocking. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, as we start to wrap it up here, what's, uh, you know, if there's one or two things that you could give the listeners that if they were to implement today would help move their life forward today, what would that be? Oh man, that's, that's, a, that's a tough question. One or two things I guess I would say would be commit to building small habits in your life. And I think habits are, you know, we're, we're nothing but a combination of all the decisions that we've made and the information we've taken that we've uh, consumed up to this point. And that's going to be the truth in 10 years from now and in five years from now. And so if you start implementing small, tiny habits today, it may not seem like it's going to have a major effect on you, but habits have a tendency of compounding just like compound interest in an, in a, um, an investment account. And so they're not just going to add once you start stacking those small habits over time, they're really going to start to compound. And the person that you are in 10 years from now is going to be a much, much better version of yourself than the person that you are now if you start to implement those habits today. So um, I would say, and by the way, a fantastic book on this would be from James Clear called Atomic Habits. Uh, yeah, really absolutely. Great read on all that stuff. So I, if I were to say one thing, I would say to, to help everybody in a really broad sense, um, not knowing your listeners super well, I would say that, you know, whoever you are, try to start adding small daily habits into your, you know, habit stack, so to speak, so that um, in a few years from now, you are much more, a much different person in a really good way. And not because of any sort of like deliberate, huge things that you did, but rather really small things that just stacking up over time allowed you to become that, that version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. What's, um, what are, what's, what's the name of your podcast? How, what are some ways that the listeners can find out more about you, follow you on social? Sure. Yeah. So if you're listening to this right now, whatever podcast app you're listening to, just go search, build your network or just my name, Travis Chapel, and it'll pop up there somewhere. Um, and subscribe to the show. Uh, we spend a lot of time and a, a lot of uh, money and attention on, on growing that show um, in terms of audience and guests and information and content. So spend a lot of a good amount of time over there. So build your network would be where to find us on your favorite podcasting app. And then I'm probably most active on Instagram, which is just at Travis Chapel. Awesome. I appreciate you being here today and and taking some time with us. Thank you so much. It's been great. Yes, sir. Happy to be here. Thanks so much. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Hey, babe.